and running on a Wednesday evening. That's Dan Leach, Tim Murray, back with you live from the Circus Sportsbook. And it is like Christmas Day for a lot of us. The NFL schedule has been released. There were leaks all day. Look, yesterday we spent a segment on one game. One game that had been leaked. It was Rams and Bears Sunday Night Football. Now we've got lines for all the Week 1 games. we got a ton to get to all evening long, and a full breakdown, I'm sure, of uh, of the win total for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I thought, did we decide we are going to spend the first 40 minutes or so on that? That or it's Dwayne important. Casey's extension. I mean, it was, it was kind of a toss-up, you know. Uh, also, Patrick Baldwin going to UW-Milwaukee. What does that mean for Detroit? Right. It's, it really hurts them. <laughs> it hurts them big time. I mean, that Horizon League has been sizzling as a blade. Um, we, uh, there's only one evening NBA game, and it's uh, – We've lost a little bit of buzz from last year. Yeah. Uh, no LeBron, no Anthony Davis for the Lakers, and the Lakers are playing the Houston Rockets. So even without their two superstars, they're facing the tanking Houston Rockets. So they're still laying nine. And to be honest, the Lakers are pretty much, I wouldn't say locked in. They have an outside chance. If Portland loses tonight, which certainly we and you hope that does not happen, yep. uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But if the Lakers have a chance, if they go 3-0, and Portland goes 1-2, and they could sneak into the sixth seed in the Western Conference. But I get the mindset. This is a team defending champs. LeBron is still coming back from that ankle injury. Uh, you want to get him out there. He, he, I imagine he'll play at Indiana, at New Orleans to close out the regular season. But if he's not 100%, don't play him against Houston. No, and, and this is the other thing, Tim. You know, it goes to that, you know, flip the switch thing. A lot of times during the, you know, Kobe Bryant, Phil Jackson, Shaq days, you know, they could be playing bad towards the end of the year, the Lakers specifically, and then flip the switch and be a championship caliber team. This is a different situation with all the different injuries the Lakers have had if you're stuck in that seventh seed. So I'm with you that you don't want to even risk LeBron getting hurt. Yeah, he's the one guy. He's the one guy. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about LeBron James. He's been to. When healthy, he's been to nine straight okay. NBA Finals. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, the the run that he's on, and I know the the Jordan folks out there. Whoa, whoa, he lost a lot of them. Yeah, I understand. I'm not. We're not comparing. I'm just no, saying Jordan's the, the goat. Jordan's still go for um, me. But the Lakers lay a nine. Uh, there is a nine and a half out there. Uh, but Utah and Portland underway. Media timeout. Just back in action. Three minutes to go. Uh, this game, we saw some uh, Portland love in the marketplace. Open three and a half. And South Point, believe it or not. Uh, if if the board I'm looking at right here is correct, South Point actually closed Portland a favor. They did. And Utah is up nine right now. So uh, Portland, who has been red hot, uh, they are off to a bit of a slow start. And last minute, I uh, I rode your coattails here. I took Portland on the money line. It was a smart move by you. They're a second-half team. You get ready. Just like last night's Knicks cover, they're going to get it done. Uh, so we, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on Portland and Utah. That really the uh, the biggest game going on. Dallas up big on New Orleans. No Brandon Ingram, no Zion. New Orleans season, it is a bit of a bummer. Uh, they will not be heading to the postseason knowing you know what Zion has, how he's played this year, uh, and, and you know I think in all reality people would much rather see a Zion New Orleans Pelicans team than the San Antonio Spurs. But 
Got to win more games. Well, and think about how, you know, metrically, when Zion's been healthy, what he's been able to do. Oh he gosh. has just been incredible. And it's another thing where, you know, early in the season, it looked like New Orleans was really going to be able to do some things. And injuries obviously caught up to them, and Zion being the biggest problem. Uh, and uh, so going back to that, Dallas, a 18-point lead. They are laying nine and a half. That one in the second quarter. Uh, so the Mavericks up big there. And the Mavericks, certainly, uh, they're trying to get up to the five seed in the Western Conference. And I-, I would say they are the favorite to do so. Right now, identical record to Portland. However, Dallas, New Orleans tonight, they're up big. Toronto at Minnesota to close out the season. While Portland has Utah tonight, which they're losing right now. Then they get at Phoenix at uh, and home to Denver. So a bunch of landmines out there. Dallas Likely the five seed. Portland, you would say, is a good chance to be the six seed, and they trail right now 25 to 19, but we're hoping. We're hoping Portland Trailblazers can get it going. How about speaking of this, let's get this show going right now. It is the nightcap here on VSIN. That is Dan Leach back for more at Dan Leach971 at one Tim Murray's where you can find me on Twitter. And yes, we've got NBA to talk about a little bit. We will get to the NBA as the show goes on. But today is a great day. Holiday. It, it should be a holiday. Should be officially a holiday. You can you can be betting on the NFL. Now those games won't be uh you won't be able to get paid out on those games for quite some time. But the NFL schedule is out all day long. I was trying to keep tabs oh, on what crazy. leaks were going out, who was playing where. Um, our prediction, albeit it wasn't you know going on that big of a limb, but our prediction of Bucks cowboys to start the season came through. Uh, producer Aaron Oster, who has been red hot, we showed the tweet, we showed yesterday uh, that he predicted that the Rams would open six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bears. Bing. And then yesterday, he said, what about the Raiders opening up the season on Monday Night Football? And there it is. The Raiders here at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. They open up against Lamar Jackson. So there's your week one schedule. Once again, we've got lines for every single one of these games. Even out there, there is is a little bit. There are some shops that have line on the Packers, but most, including DraftKings, do not have a line on Green Bay at New Orleans in Week 1. And as the show goes on, we'll get into games that that jump out the most to us, but Dallas and Tampa Bay uh, open up the season, uh, Dan, and right now Tampa Bay laying 6.5 against the Dallas Cowboys. 52 is the total. Um it's a lot of points, man, and it, it, I know I think the public is probably going to lay it with Tampa Bay. I've seen some people out there say I, you know, I would lay the points. Uh, curious to see where this goes, but I would look Dallas right now. Well, and, and I, I would too, and and I think you know you mentioned the public laying the money with Tampa. We got that you know crazy amount of America's team people out there, so there's going to be some yeah. some comeback on that possibly. I am completely in anti-Dallas, you know, as far as what they could do this year. I, I, don't, I don't buy into them at all. And obviously we'll see, you know, Dak coming back, and it's a big part of it. But that's a, that's a weird number to me. It's, it's, it does seem high. I feel like it should be closer to, like, four, especially, you know, opening week one, uh, you know, teams feeling each other out. Six and a half is a lot. And if it gets, as you mentioned, if the public, you know, drives to seven or, you know, somehow, you know, off the, the seven to a seven and a hook, 
it's definitely a, a play on Dallas, but I want to see a lot more of how offseason goes and training camps go and injuries go before I worry about the, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys and taking any kind of bet with them right now. And you do wonder, now Tampa Bay was a hot take here. They were, <laughs> man, they were playing really good football to close out the season. No way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were really humming. Uh, <laughs> so you get the Super Bowl champs at home. Um, you know, Kansas City, they were able to cover the opener, the opener last year. Right. I, I, I'm curious about Tampa Bay. Now, they lost nobody. I mean, no, they, they, it's basically the same team. They were able to bring everybody back, uh, but they got off to a slow start last year. Certainly different circumstance, right? They were a new team. Tom Brady's coming in there. All these new, new op, uh, weapons uh, there. Um, I, I'm fascinated by Dallas. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't love Dallas to win the NFC East, especially at odds-on favorites right now. I think no that's, value in that's that. ridiculous. Uh, but what we always say about Dallas is they've got talent. Well, they <laughs> do. They, they certainly do. And a Dak Prescott is there. Who are we going to get at running back? Is, is Zeke Elliott going to be, uh, you know, primed, ready to go Zeke Elliott? Or is he going to be, uh, you know, fat and happy Zeke Elliott? That's what we don't know. And if they, listen, if they're healthy, that's the, the whole point I made about waiting to see with injuries because that team seems to be so banged up. I mean, you look at Zeke Elliott, you look at the, a solid offensive line, you look at Cooper, you look at CeeDee Lamb, there is a ton of talent there. If they're healthy offensively, they should, should you know score a lot of points. But there's just something about them that I feel like they're, there's going to be issues with that team, especially after Dak getting hurt. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, Brady in his first year, how incredible that was. That was so incredible that, he never bet with Tampa Bay before he comes in. They win the Super Bowl. I thought there was no chance. I thought the playoffs might have been a stretch at times for Tampa after the Jameis Crablegs Winston 30-30 year, 30 picks, uh, 30 touchdowns. But you saw what happened there. With Dallas, it's it's very interesting to see what they're going to be with Dak coming back off a terrible injury. Yeah, and I would have uh, – I, I, if I were the Cowboys, I would have looked at – now, they need help defensively. But Rashawn Slater was on the board there uh, when they traded back to 12 – I would have picked Rashawn Slater to try to shore up an, an aging offensive yeah. line that was, you know, once upon a time the best offensive line in the league. By far. But not anymore. They're banged up. You know, you got guys moving around and, and switching positions. I think Rashawn Slater comes in, he would have started right away. But you do get Micah Parsons. You're trying to shore up the defense. There's their draft class, at least the, the first part of it. And it was all defense. And that they needed that. Yep. They needed to, in, in, to bring an infusion of bodies. And, you know, depending on who you listen to, and who you trust evaluating draft classes. You know, Micah Parsons was thought of as maybe the most talented defensive player in this class, and he gets selected by uh, selected by the Cowboys there at number 12. Leighton Vander Esch, he's probably not playing nearly as much as, uh, as he had in the past. He had a new defensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, if I had to look at that one, it would be the dog. I would take the points uh, with, uh, with Dallas there. In that spot, yeah. And you, and speaking of the defense, I think Parsons and, and Calvin Joseph, the second round pick, the corner, both are going to be day one starters. So you needed to shore that. That was a problem they've had for a couple of years, even when they were good offensively with Dak a couple of years ago. The defense caused a lot of problems. So if they could be a balanced team, Dallas could be very. And obviously, health is a big part of it, but they could be very dangerous. That's that's why in that first game you're getting that many points, especially if it goes to seven, which it could. I, if I'm going to take a side right now, I'm taking Dallas, but I'm very concerned about them. Yeah. And so. Speaking of a line that went to seven, we talked about Rams. And Bears yesterday, that game has gone uh, two seven. Is that so, Aaron, Aaron laid the wood on that game? Yeah, it went Bruce six Aaron? and a half. I, I don't know. He he predicted it, so maybe <laughs> he he got that important number. Uh, the Rams already. I will predict right now. The Rams will be in almost every teaser 
in oh, week one. 100%. A home favorite, lowish total. You could tease that bad boy down to one. I'm telling you right now, uh, just looking at what is out there at this point, uh, you, you will look at, I would say, Washington will be a very teased number. Uh, Washington opening up as a one-and-a-half-point home dog. Washington might be in, uh, well, you know, the Joe public, they, they love to tease down, right? They love to of tease down. Of course they do. But you look at totals, low total, home team, catching points. If you have to make a teaser on May 12th, Washington should be in every single one. You get it up to seven and a half. Should be a low-scoring game with a, a total there, one of the lowest totals on the board. So that would be one that would absolutely look at, and uh, that will be in most ones. And then, you know, it's coming, San Francisco. I mean, of course, it San is. Francisco. And you know, look, by look, people are just going to come by and they're going to put their binoculars out there and they're going to look for seven and a half, eight and a half, so the favorites in San Francisco road team getting it down to one and a half. I'm telling you right now, San Francisco, a San Francisco L.A. teaser might be the most popular teaser of week one. So no no credit for Jared Goff knowing the NFC West? Not, <laughs> nothing there? Is that going to give us anything? By the way, I got one more for you. It's kind of sneaky. I mean, Houston is a disaster. I mean, we obviously know what's going on with Deshaun Watson, and that team's going to be bad. You're laying points with a rookie quarterback. The Jags a rookie... plus four. Plus four at a teaser. Oh, I would, I, I would never tease. I think I would it's never, I would never tease through zero. I, 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 me, I'm only teasing up from one, one and a half to seven and a half, or down seven and a half to one and a half. I, I, would, I think they're going to win that game. I think Lawrence is going to be bad in the next two or three weeks, but I think the first game he's going to be ready. Yeah, and Houston's bad. I that is, if we have to look at week one and you say what game do you want nothing to do with that <laughs> that thing, Houston, I don't know what they are. Uh, Garbage. We haven't heard anything about Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, it's a high probability he's not playing. So you got Tyrod Taylor, who will be your starting quarterback. They've got really no talent. Look, their first None. selection of the draft was in the third round, and they had to pick Davis Mills because there was a rush of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Kyle Trask goes, Kellen Mond goes. It felt like uh, the, the Texans said, oh, my God, what are we going to do if if Davis Mills goes? We got to get Davis <laughs> Mills. Take Davis Mills. So, He's a sizzler. But then you got Jacksonville, um, who yes, they've got Trevor Lawrence. What is he going to be? ETM? Is he going to be ready? So I yeah, that game right there. Nope, not touching. It's a it. rare time we've been uh, polar opposites. Yeah, you're you're going to lay the points. Synergy. You're going to lay the points on the road with yep. a rookie quarterback with a, a, a former college coach who complained in the offseason about the unfairness of free agency, a dude who's already brought Tim Tebow into camp, but you're going to lay the points on the road. I'm laying the point. Tebow, three touchdowns, take the over half, <laughs> and, and I'm going to tease it to plus four as well. All right. So when we, uh, when we look at week one and what was – what was a line that either jumped out at you that seemed suspiciously low, suspiciously high? Was there a game that just really seemed off the radar for you? You know, the one that, that right away when these week one lines came out, that just something seemed odd to me was Minnesota minus three and a half at Cincinnati. Yeah. I, we talked about this last night. I am just not a believer that Minnesota is going to – I mean, you know, the whole Kirk Cousins thing, and they're just kind of an enigma – uh, of a team and Zimmer kind of coaching for his job and all the underachieving stuff that they've you know dealt with in recent years. Cincinnati, I mean, we know that what they could have been if Burrow didn't get hurt last year. They're a team that, you know, much like the Dolphins and some other teams that have really kind of built up 
different, you know, depth, you know, in talent in, in a lot of very, you know, different places. They're at home. That's one of those games that just feels like an outright dog upset to me. So that, that seemed like three and a half, three and a hook on the road, uh, you know, burrow back. I, that was one that jumped out to me right away. My worry for the Cincinnati Bengals is the health of Joe Burrow for week one. Sure. Probably. I mean, he'll be back, I would think, for training camp. I don't know how, uh, how many live reps he'll have. Um, but, you know, you're catching, if you're, especially if, you know, we look, we showed you the graphic. I'm trying to see uh, if there are any three and a halfs out there uh, because I think that's going to be a popular dog. Uh, yeah, DraftKings still has it at three and a half. They're the only shop I show right now. Uh, everywhere else is three. Uh, but if you could get that hook on there, that that's really that's, that's the intriguing. Um, I mean, I like Minnesota. I think they've got a lot of talent. I liked what they did in the draft. You know, getting Christian Darisol to sure up that offensive line. Uh, this game, this will be a fun game because you look at Jamar Chase stepping in. Uh, immediate impact player for the Cincinnati Bengals with his connection yep. with Joe Burrow. And you just look at, you know, prop bets on Jamar Chase for this upcoming season. He's expected, you know, per the odds makers to bring in over 1,100 yards receiving, uh, which is crazy. O- only one receiver last year on the rookie side had over that. And he's going to be on the other side of the ball. That's Justin Jefferson. Yep. But you still have Tyler Boyd. You still have T. Higgins. You know, T. Higgins last year had. Uh, had success as a rookie uh, before he got hurt. So yeah, that, that's a that's an intriguing game to me. I'll, I'll tell you one that I think is surprising, and I'm, I'm I'm fascinated to know what the public will do here. But Indianapolis opening up as a three point favorite at home against Seattle. Yeah, you know people look at Seattle and they say, well, it's it's Russell Wilson. You know, uh, of course I'm going to take the points with Russell Wilson in this spot. I think not so fast. I, I think. The odds makers are 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 are, tri- are just kind of trying to lure you in a little bit. I, I think Indianapolis. This is an intriguing spot for them. I, I know some people aren't. They're just kind of down altogether on the AFC South, understandably yep. so. Uh, but you know, if, if you're Frank Reich, he was the magic man with Carson Wentz. He was. You get you get Jonathan Taylor. He got going there in the second half of the season, and maybe I'm in the minority there of this. I think they actually upgraded at quarterback this offseason. Phillip Rivers, God bless him and his nine children, but thought it was up to eighteen. I mean, he he's you know, he was forty years old. He was just throwing things up. Uh I, I think with Carson Wentz in there, a little breath of, of fresh air, Frank Reich, a guy who believed in him, they go get him as opposed to him getting released. I, I think this is an Indianapolis spot. If I can keep it under three, I would look at uh, Indianapolis. I would look to lay in the points at home. I think this is going to be a trendy dog in this spot. Now, I, I tell you one thing. We talked about teasers. I tell you, a lot of people will tease Seattle here through the three, through the seven, and up to eight and a half. One of the higher totals on the board, so I, I wouldn't really recommend it. Um, but I bet you Seattle will be in a bunch of teasers trying to get him up to eight and a half. Yeah, and, and listen, another guy that we didn't mention, T.Y. Hilton, who was terrible for much of the year, really kind of caught on late in the year. Maybe he gets a, a rapport with Carson Wentz. Uh, they got you know some solid tight ends with Allie Cox and, and Jack Doyle that are that are reliable. Uh, and the defense was better last year than than some thought it would be. So that, that Colts team is very interesting. And they went out, they got Quiddy Pay in the first round. So they, you know, they have the, you know, Michigan guy. So if you want to spend the next, you know, seven minutes talking about I'm why break Quiddy, down his technique. Yeah, please do it. Three, four. <laughs> no, Quiddy, listen, I thought when, he, when they took him, I'm like, you know what? And where they got him at 21. Yeah, it was a good spot for him. It was a great spot for him. He's like, he could be a wrecking machine. They, that, that's going to be a very interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought the Colts up because they're one of those teams and you, you're totally right about Phil uh, Rivers. 
where he was age, aging, he wasn't the right guy, it wasn't going to work out. He had you know injury issues too with some of his offensive weapons. But I, I think that this Colts team could be a lot better than people think they are. So that's an interesting spot. I, I you know, I was. Uh, it's funny how I gravitated towards USC Trojans these past couple of uh, drafts. But I love Michael Pittman Jr. coming out I of USC. Too. He was, you know, hey, had a good year. You got Paris Campbell with speed, and and they just signed Eric Fisher. Uh, it, it, you know, Eric Fisher got hurt with the Chiefs. It wasn't like he was in effect. He got hurt. He comes in. He solidifies that left side. The left side of the line, man, you got Eric Fisher, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly as your center. So under a field goal at home with Indianapolis, I think a lot of people will like Seattle. I'm incredibly down on Seattle this year. And you said this, Russell Wilson, he's great. But he's that, amazing. But that's you can't just have a quarterback. I mean, obviously, certain quarterbacks like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or, or Brady can really make a team be, you know, go from a contender to a championship type team. But Seattle's got problems everywhere. They got problems on the line, they got problems defensively. And you can't just rely on Russell Wilson coming up with a magic. He started off so well yesterday or last year, Seattle did not. We've got Cleveland at Kansas City, Miami at New England. And an interesting thing was done by the TV execs with both Denver and Green Bay. Oh, yes. We've just scratching the surface on week one. Lines are out. Schedule is out. It is a beautiful day to talk some football. It's the Nightcap here on Visa. Beeson brings you the English Premier League betcast for the derby match between Chelsea and Arsenal. It's at 3.15 p.m. Eastern. Presented by BetRiver Sportsbook, Beeson EPL betcast is the best way to keep up with the soccer betting action live during the matches. Join Nigel Seeley and Harry Simeu as they talk betting during the biggest match of, I guess it's the week. It says the weekend, but yeah, weekend. If you're new to in-play soccer betting, they'll show you the ropes and the smart plays of the day. So check it out tomorrow afternoon, 3.15 p.m. Eastern, vsin.com backslash EPL. That's vsin.com backslash EPL. It is the nightcap here on vsin. Quick check of uh, our play. Utah up three on Portland, but after a sluggish start, we'll take it. Yeah, listen, I'd rather be ahead later in the game than early in the game and blow the lead. And Dame's working into it. He's got 11 points. Red Bears having a great night so far. He's got nine and seven and two assists. But I'm feeling like uh, kind of the way about the Knicks last night. It was close. Third, fourth quarter. Blazers get this. They're going to they're gonna get us. They're going to cash that ticket for us. Tonight. I hope I'm so. I'm feeling it. Um, Big second half for Dame. Uh, Dame with 11 already, as you mentioned. C.J. McCollum has 10. Uh, Dame, 29 and a half was his over-under this evening. C.J. McCollum feels like he's been a cash cow on his overs. He's been playing exceptional lately, as the Blazers have been, too. Uh, won nine of their last 10, and uh, they're cutting into this deficit uh, quite considerably here after just hitting a three. So 44-43, uh, Utah with the lead over Portland. Portland trying to stave off the Lakers to avoid the play-in. We've talked about their schedule and how challenging it is. We'll talk more about it, especially when Dallas's game uh, officially concludes, but they're a big on New Orleans. But for Portland, this game, um, they, they really... 
I wouldn't say they need to go two and three, but man, it would it would oh, be. Oh, they need to. Yeah, because you just look at the Lakers' schedule: Houston, Indiana, New Orleans, with the likelihood of LeBron returning for those final two games, and Anthony Davis, who won't play tonight. Uh, the Lakers still a big favorite and uh, still can get in on it. They were they're celebrating right now. Yeah, ring ceremony in Bay. Yeah, <laughs> the ring ceremony <laughs> with your two best players in street clothes. <laughs> It's just like hey, just play, like I said, flip the switch. They'll be fine. 2020, uh, 2021 all uh, encompassed there, but they are laying nine against the Houston Rockets. By the way, Nurchich just tied the game. 44 all. Dame and, uh, and McComb have combined for 21 so far. So here come the Blazers. All right. Here we go. That's Play. why I'm wearing one tonight, in honor of them. <laughs> um, you know, this is such a this is always our, our short segment. So let's just pick out one game uh, that, that, is, that we haven't hit on uh, just yet. How about, oh, I don't know, Cleveland at Kansas City. How about this tasty little uh, week one matchup? Cleveland visiting the Kansas City Chiefs, that reworked offensive line for the Chiefs. This was a line that opened five and a half, and you've seen action in some spots push it. Um, up to six, six and a half in other spots. I believe it is still five and a half uh, with our friends at DraftKings. Man, this is this is a great, and this game is uh, scheduled to be in that 4:25 Eastern window, which is always a a, a, a great spot. But um, would you would you dare take the points with Cleveland, a team that played them and, and really had them on the ropes, should have beat them in the playoffs last year? So, Tim, two years ago, when when everyone's going nuts about Baker Mayfield, I know Baker Mayfield, when they're going crazy, Browns are going to go 13 and three. Oh, I was fade city. I faded them, you know, a, a, as much as a high top fade haircut in the 80s. Last year, I was impressed. Oh, Last yeah. year, that was a team that, and you mentioned the game against the, the Chiefs and what they were able to do in a lot of different spots late in the year. I mean, they just, I mean, in the first round of the playoffs against Pittsburgh, that was so impressive. It was, it was a, perfect, a perfection. Just pulverized them. Yeah, it, was, it literally was a, a work of art as far as how a playoff game should be constructed against a team like that. And when you're getting five and a half, I still think Kansas City is, of course, going to be in the mix. Mahomes is transcendent. But when you look at uh, you know, get, catching five and a half week one on the road where you know the onus is much more on the home team in a week one game, you got not, I don't want to say nothing to lose, but boy, five and a half, and it might get to six, six and a half. Obviously, I don't think it's going to get to seven, but I, I'm definitely leaning with the points there. And I love the Chiefs, and they're great at Arrowhead, but I think that Cleveland comes out and makes a statement and might win that game. Outright. Ooh. Outright. Uh, remember, I mean, this was the game Chad Henney had to come in for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Chiefs yep. were held to just 22 points. Very interested to see week one what that offensive line work looks like uh, as, you know, they make the trade in the offseason. Uh, they, they've completely tried to re- rework what they've got up front to protect Patrick Mahomes. Seemed like a seems like a smart thing to do. But the Chiefs right now opening up as a six-point favorite. We haven't even hit on Monday Night Football, which will take place here in Las Vegas. We also have a interesting matchup, in my opinion, in the nation's capital, where you've got a road dog, where I think that'll be a popular, a road favor, where I think the home dog will be a little popular. It's the Nightcap. Here on Beast. any of our show today or any of the VEASAN broadcasts, be sure to check out our free VEASAN podcast. You can catch 
catch up on, follow the money with Mitch and Pauly, a numbers game, or the Lombardi line on the Daily VSIN Best Bets podcast. Also, check in with Gil Alexander's Beating the Book pod, Josh Applebaum's Market Insights. Get PGA Tour betting previews on long shots, the Ron Flatter Racing pod, and of course, your NBA scoop with JVT. Hardwood handicappers. Whatever you're betting on, we've got the pod for it. Find them all for free at vcin.com backslash podcast. vcin.com backslash podcast. It is the nightcap here on vcin. We're going to head down to the Sunshine State, talk to Greg Allman, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and get his thoughts on what this offseason has been like uh, and looking at that Tampa Bay schedule where uh, there is a return to Foxborough for Mr. Brady. What a game that's That'll be, be. Uh, early on in the season. And, uh, of course, week one, uh, they will open the season against the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule released today for the NFL. And uh, there are so many intriguing spots. And I, I just want to keep going through week one because we have lines out uh, for week one. Great graphic right there. Um, the Chargers are a team that, that I think I and many others are, are very high on, right? This is a team... You love their draft. Well, I love the draft. Uh, getting Rashawn Slater, not having to trade up for him, getting Asante Samuel Jr., getting Chris Rumpf uh, in the third round, uh, you know, edge rusher, or excuse me, fourth round. So, I, yeah, I really like what they did in, in the draft. They've got talent. They've got a new coach in Brandon Staley. I know he's a first-time coach, but everyone speaks so highly of him. He comes from... Uh, the McVay uh, system where he's the defensive coordinator. And let's be real. I mean, he replaces Anthony Lynn. And a lot of things, a lot of people are an upgrade over Anthony Lynn. They had seven games decided by, seven losses decided by one possession or more. So here we've got Washington and the Chargers. And like I said early, I, I think Washington is a very teasable option in week one. Uh, but I wouldn't take the points outright with Washington here. I, I like the Chargers quite a bit. I think this is, you know, you've got a great defensive team with Washington there. I've got my questions, though, offensively for Washington. I know there's excitement about you bring in Fitz Magic. Um, is it really excitement? Well, I mean, he had a- oddly enough, yes. There is you're, some, you're the D.C. guy. Yeah, there's, there's some, there's some uh, excitement there regarding Fitzpatrick, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I just I like the Chargers. I like their overwin total of nine, sure. uh, which you could find in town at minus one ten to the over. Uh, readily available uh, out there, I think, uh, at Stations Casino here in Las Vegas, so you can find it out there. I I, I think the Chargers. I, I wouldn't love. I, I right now, I'd stay away from this game. Like I said, I would play if I had to play it. I would, I would look at Washington if they had a dance partner and a teaser. Uh, but you know it's May twelfth, so let's not worry about I like that dance partner. Let, let's not worry about Tango. figuring out our teaser card uh, four weeks, four four months before the season starts. Never too early. I, I would stay away from this. It, it is that you know that cross country ten a.m. Western. I think that's overrated. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know you like the Chargers in this spot. I I do, and, and listen, you look at, at uh, the Washington football team, and you know you mentioned there's some issues, uh, you know, offensively as opposed to defensively. They they. they they might Justin Herbert. They might not allow him to score a lot, but how are they going to score? I know you mentioned the buzz around Fitzmagic, and he obviously had his moments. But this is the thing about Fitzmagic: when he's been the starter, when he's been the guy, he has not been nearly as good when he has been the backup that had to come and fill in. So that's one thing that concerns me. You, you look at the the receiving core. I mean, obviously, I love McLaurin, uh, the former Buckeye. 
But, you know, Curtis Samuel, Calvin Harmon, you know, you got Gibson, the running back. I just, I'm not blown away offensively by Washington. And I, obviously it's great they moved on from, you know, the, the terrible Jay Gruden experience. But it's it's one of these things with with uh, the Chargers, Los Angeles. Justin Herbert was so incredible to watch last year. And you mentioned with Slater and they improved the offensive line. I just think that that Chargers team is going to be really tough to stop, very balanced. And I, Washington just doesn't – I know Fitz, Fitzpatrick can do some things, but once again, like you said, not a great game, but I definitely lean Chargers in this one. Yeah, and I would look at the under uh, in this one at 45. you got Washington – you've got a – I, w- I was surprised by the decision by Los Angeles when you've got a second-year quarterback to go with the defensive mindset with Brandon Staley. Um, but if he can help infuse some, you know, uh, some strength there defensively, Washington obviously their their strength is on the defensive side of the ball. By the way, um, you know, today uh, Washington went out and uh, and signed. Uh, the the Bears tackle uh, that that got released recently, so solidifying that line a little bit. They traded for Eric Flower, so um, they're just they're just a solid team. Uh, should be a good good game, but yep. Yeah, um, what I like Rivera. I think listen, I think that he you know he showed what he could do in, in his first year with them. But and Del Rio is a great coordinator. Uh, that's why the defense has been so good. But they they just don't jump out to me with Fitzpatrick as the guy, as opposed to if he was filling in for someone. Uh, and it's sad, by the way, about Alex Smith. I mean, he was the, the, the great comeback, and then obviously it's over for him now. But I, I like the Chargers. I know it's not the greatest week one game to look at, but if I'm looking at some very interesting value early on to just have to lay one and a half with Justin Herbert and that Chargers team, uh, even with the new coach at Staley. And you mentioned, you know, you look at McVay, you look at Chanahan, first couple years he went to Super Bowls. Maybe Staley can follow suit. You mentioned a lot of people are very high in him. That, that means something in NFL circles. So I'm definitely leaning Chargers early. New England home to Miami, uh, an AFC East showdown here. A lot of buzz by both of these teams, what they did in the offseason. Uh, New England stands pat at 15. They get Mac Jones. Uh, they spend a ton of money in, in free agency, very un-New England-like. Yeah. And then you get Miami. Uh, we talked about them yesterday with Eric Edholm. I'm high on Miami this year. Well, maybe there's too much buzz uh, around this Miami Dolphins team. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not I'm not taking the points. I'm not. Uh, if I had to, under a field goal for New England, fresh off a year where Belichick was embarrassed. Oh. And, and last year, you could tell. There were a lot of lines that it was based on reputation oh, for alone sure. for Bill Belichick. And it was it was just incorrect. Now you've got a full offseason of Belichick coming off of a, a losing year, and you're getting under a field goal. I like Miami this year, not in this spot. I, I don't know if it's a trap, but under a field goal for New England at home, I, I, I would have to play New you England. You know what? You, all your reasoning was sound there, but I absolutely love the Dolphins. I think they're going to go in there and, I don't want to say destroy Belichick. You, you make a great point about being embarrassed and coming out with his new man, Mac Jones, and and what they well, they Mac bet- Jones ain't playing Week One. No, but you know, the, you know, the, the, the quarterback in the future because how bad Cam Newton and others have been since Brady left. But I'll tell you right now, I think the Dolphins are legit. They go in there. Waddle has a couple touchdowns. You know, <laughs> here we go. Give me the fins, fins up. <laughs> couple touchdowns for our guy Jalen Waddle. Well, speaking of the Sunshine State, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've got a new piece of hardware that they'll be defending to start the season against the Dallas Cowboys. We head down to Tampa, get the latest on the Buccaneers next, right here on the Nightcap. 
Welcome back into the Indeed.com studio. Hiring, start finding the right people right away. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is an ICAP here on VEASAN. Dan Leach to my left, Tim Murray with you, and we'll be joined here in just a moment by Bucks beat reporter Greg Allman. But real quick update at the half, the Blazers head into the locker room up 59 to 56 over the Utah Jazz. Just underway in Los Angeles, Houston with a 9 to 7 lead. No LeBron James, no Anthony Davis. Now 12 to 7 for the Rockets and the and the Mavericks up uh, 28 right now on the New Orleans Pelicans. And I want, uh, you know, Damon McCollum combined for 55. They got 33 right now. There you That's go. That's my target. And up, by, up by three at the half. Let's go Blazers. The NFL schedule released today. We've got lines for week one and to talk about the defending Super Bowl champs. Let's bring in Greg Allman, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for The Athletic. And, you know, right now, you know, last year, this time, Greg, it was how is this team going to gel with COVID and everything? Well, they win the Super Bowl, so I guess they gelled pretty well, especially down the stretch. And this offseason has been uh, an interesting one, and in, in the fact that fresh off of a, a Super Bowl title, it, it, they're bringing everybody back. So it, it has to be feeling promising right now for the Buccaneers heading into their title defense. Yeah, like you said, they, they've brought just about everybody back. All, all 22 starters, I think it's their top 31 guys in, in offensive, defensive snaps, all back. Um, so, no, the challenge is, is just to have the same chemistry and the same drive. You know, it'll probably be a better team in the regular season this year than they were a year ago. It's just can you find the same kind of postseason magic that, that led them to three straight road wins and, and then a Super Bowl championship? Greg, I just want to take you back. because Before the season started last year, and, and, and Tim mentioned the COVID thing, you know, we know that Brady's the goal. We know that he's just a, a magical guy that can make everyone around him better. I thought there was. I thought the playoffs might have been a stretch after the whole, you know, Jameis Winston era. And you know, you win the Super Bowl. So, did you? What did you think when Brady came in year one? I mean, obviously, everyone thinks you know their dream is to win it all. But did you think that they were going to go to the Super Bowl and then win it against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs? No. Uh, no, I mean, I think my, my thought most of last, like this time last year, was that they would be an improved team, uh, did not think they would be better than the Saints, didn't think they'd win the division. And the one thing I kept saying, I think, that, that resonated was if you make it into the playoffs and Tom Brady's your quarterback, a, a lot of good things can happen, you know? Um, not saying that thinking they would win three straight road games in a Super Bowl in their home field. So, yeah, I think they definitely, like you said, they, they came together at the right time, definitely. I mean, you know, you go back to, they're by week in week 13, they're seven and five. They're, they're barely in the playoffs. You know, if they don't write themselves against the Vikings the next week and win, you know, they're, they're probably on the outside looking in. So fortunately for them, um, you know, they, they finished the regular season with some weak teams and really were able to find themselves and then just got a lot better when they needed to in the playoffs. We're talking once again to Greg Allman, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg, A-U-M-A-N. Week one, it's the Cowboys. And I think when we started to do the process of elimination, Greg, this matchup made a ton of sense. We, I think we all had a feeling it wouldn't be a division rival. Uh, that's only happened a handful of times uh, since this new tradition started of the defending champs playing on that Thursday night opener. Then once the news Chicago was not playing there and then 
Buffalo and uh, Tampa Bay would be later on in the season. Dallas made some sense. You've got Tampa Bay now almost as a touchdown favorite. And when you look at it, and it's so early, uh, but this is what we do. We, we hyperanalyze way or too early. Uh, but when you look at week one and the struggles that Dallas had defensively last year, is there, is there any worry in your mind uh, of, that, of that Super Bowl hangover for week one? Or is Tom Brady the type of guy that just won't allow that to happen? Yeah, Tom Brady's pretty good at avoiding that hangover. It's like his like his week one numbers in years after Super Bowl championships, he's five and one with fifteen touchdowns and one interception. So he's handled it really well. Their only loss was to the Chiefs in seventeen. Um, you know, I think it really helps them. If if this game against Dallas were like week twelve, I think I'd worry about it a lot more. I mean, I think, you know, if you give Dan Quinn time to get this defense better, I think you'll see it. They'll be a better team. But I mean they've got a ton of rookies that are going to be making their NFL debuts against Tom Brady. You know, Micah Parsons, I think, can be a great linebacker. I just don't know that you want to throw him into the fire against Tom Brady as an inside linebacker. So I just think it's fortunate for the Bucks that they get Dallas in Tampa uh, in, a, in a week where, you know, even with a normal preseason now, with a three-game preseason to kind of try and implement this defense, it's going to be a work in progress in week one. And, I mean, they were, I think, 28th, 29th, in, in scoring defense last year, 31st against the run, that's a team Bucks should be able to beat, knowing that they're the opposite. They're bringing everybody back. There's not going to be a whole lot of adjustment at all. It's all the same people and all the same scheme. Yeah, and Greg, as we mentioned, I mean, basically bringing the same back, team back that won the Super Bowl. And, and I want to look at the draft for a second here. I mean, you look at Joe Tryon, the defensive end out of Washington that they, they got in the first round. And, Tim's guy, Robert Hainsey from uh, Notre Dame, the offensive, the, the right tackle. Uh, Jalen Darden, the wide receiver in the fourth round. And then, of course, Kyle Trask for the future in the second round. Well, what do you think as far as, you know, those guys, they maybe has the biggest impact in year one? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, Tryon is, is probably has the best chance just because they don't have a lot of depth behind Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul at outside linebackers. I mean, he can be their third outside linebacker. He can get on the field for, you know, 300, 400 snaps doing that. Um, the rest of the rookies aren't really in the position to play. I mean, the offensive linemen uh, will dress, will probably be a top backup. Um, Jalen Darden probably can make an impact on special teams. He might very well be their returner. Um, you know, his great receiver had 19 touchdowns last year, but he's small. He's 5'7". So I think initially his, his impact will be on special teams. This is the opposite. Last year they had, you know, Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield playing a 1,000 snaps each, just immediate every down impact players they, they don't need that this year they won't have that this year so it might be a year before we really know who the the best rookies in this class are yeah and that's the luxury that the buccaneers yeah. had bringing right. back everybody it, it is it is rare that you don't need your first round play uh, first round pick to step in and be an impact player which maybe lead to a massive benefit for uh, a guy like tryon to come in um when you look at the division right now uh, to me, when you look, you know, the Buccaneers, uh, I thought they were trending down last year. Drew Brees retires. We don't know what's going on there at the quarterback position. Uh, I, I think the Falcons are a team trending in the right direction, but still maybe a couple of years away. They've got a lot of talent offensively, but I think defensively they're a nightmare. And the Carolinas in, you know, full-on rebuild. Uh, the, the, there's a reason that the Buccaneers are you know, two, uh, you know, uh, minus 200 favorites to win this division. Any, who is the biggest competitor in your mind to, to win this, or to compete, I should say, with the Buccaneers to win this division? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you'd have to say the Saints right now, just because they had a good team. Um, you know, they've lost a lot more than Drew Brees is the problem. Oh, yeah. And so I, I think of them, 
with the Saints, it's more a question of how far they fall, you know. Um, are they still a wild card team? Are they a team that could push the Bucks? This, this should be a Bucks team that can win this division handily. You know, you think about what they did last year. Uh, they swept the Falcons. They swept the Panthers. They should be able to at least split with the Saints this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think most people think of the Bucks now as a team that is, is the presumptive favorite, not only to win the division, but to probably set themselves up to have a, a first-round bye, potentially in the playoffs, to be hosting a playoff game or two, uh, kind of the opposite postseason for what they had last year. And that kind of has to be their focus, I think. I think they have to be motivated in the regular season to, to make life a lot easier in the playoffs. And, Greg, that leads me right into what I wanted to ask you about, you know, what could slow them down. I mean, we looked at last year, the, the Chiefs tried to become the first team to go back-to-back since the Pats in the early 2000s. You know, we, we know that's very tough to, to repeat even get back to a, a Super Bowl of the playoffs sometimes. Uh, you know, aside from, obviously, an incredibly terrible Tom Brady injury, what do you think is the biggest factor that could cause the Bucks an issue to not be able to have a successful season, get back to the playoffs, get that bye, like you mentioned, and, and try to win another Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, they had, you know, obviously a great amount of injury luck avoiding any major problems last year. They, they lost Vita Vea, they lost Ozzy Howard. It wasn't like they were void of injuries, but they, they were able to keep things very, um, you know, close to intact during the year. So that that's probably the first thing you have to worry about. And then just making sure they're motivated. You know, I mean, this is a team that had gone, I mean, a year ago we were talking about them going 13 years without a playoff berth and, and 18 years without a playoff win. So, now you've got a locker room where like 40 of those guys have just got a ring. Um, and it's, I mean, as much as Brady has shown that you can be motivated to win again and again, as he has, I don't know that everybody's built that way. So, I mean, I think they have to find the guys in the room that don't have rings. And there's not that many newcomers on this team. Like Giovanni Bernard came in for the Bengals. I mean, he's a guy you know, still looking for his first playoff win, I think. And I think you have to rally around those people and then say, wow, you know, Brady was so uh, caught up last year in wanting to get all of these Buccaneers players who had gone their entire careers in Tampa without the experience of being in the playoffs, and he wanted to give that to them, and that was really a motivating thing. So they they have to find that same kind of drive um, in the few guys in that room that don't already have a championship now. Well, week four, I don't think you'll have to find (laughs) any motivation. (laughs) None whatsoever. Tom Brady returning to Foxborough. That'll be Sunday night football. Uh, Not surprised that game will be in prime time. Uh, And they open up in prime time, as all Super Bowl champs do. September 9th against the Dallas Cowboys. And right now the Buccaneers are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Greg, great stuff. Appreciate the insight. Oh, no problem. You guys have a good night. Take care. There he is, Greg Allman, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Athletic. I'm going to give you an advanced line on that week four Sunday night game. Tampa Bay minus seven at New England. I think there is a line is out there. there. I, yeah, Mitch Moss was tweeting it out. Let me pull That's it. without seeing anything. That's just an early, you know, I'm known as the, the, the Sasquatch. That's an early squatch line for you. Um, Mitch, man, my, uh, my internet's working very. Uh, uh, right now, Buccaneers three and a half. All right, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's going to seven. Going to seven. Double it. <laughs> so what do we got so far? We got Jalen Waddell. Two mo- touchdowns. Multiple touchdowns. Uh, there, were, there were a couple other ones in there, a couple other gems in there. So, uh, And Buccaneers line will rise three and a half points from now until October 3rd. When Mac Jones is a starter for that game because Cam Newton's hurt, there you go. We'll talk to George Shahuri from Pro Football Focus, see if he thinks that the Buccaneers will uh, eventually become a touchdown favorite on the road against the New England Patriots. Uh, We'll chat with him. We'll get you updated on Lakers, Rockets, and also Blazers, Jazz. One hour in the books. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN.